Welcome everyone. We're about to begin Bezus Hashem, the power of words, share number five. We're going to talk about ways of communicating to other people when you want to convey to them to correct their behavior, to do it in a very positive, healthy way. And, you know, when someone wrongs you or annoys you, it's easy to make disparaging marks to them. But when you think over the matter, what's your real goal? It's to influence that other person to change for the better. And when you master the positive technique to do this, you'll accomplish much more than if you would be insulting them. So if you want to change someone, you want to help someone change, focus on the positive methods of influencing him. People are more open in complying with your requests when you like them and when they like you. If you cause them pain or resentment by insulting them, they'll usually react in the opposite response. He calls it a polarity response. They'll do just the opposite of what you wish. And even if they're afraid of you and they'll find a passive aggressive me- method to, to, and they do your, what you want, but they'll try to avoid it as much as possible. And therefore it's important to remember that when you're attempting to criticize somebody, be clear in your mind exactly what you want from this person to do or stop doing. And then figure out the best strategy to influence that person. This is such a key in your side in order to master and internalize what you need to do if you want to influence someone for the better. That we're going to talk about it a lot in the Shiorim. And anyone who needs to influence people on a daily basis needs to write this down and to review it every day which is to have focus on what is the end goal, what do you want from this person. You want to influence them. And negativity, even if they technically is truthful, will not influence them. When you focus on what you want, you'll frequently find that you have no need for negative criticism. The problem usually could be solved now with smoothness. And in the same situations, however, when you blame the other person, it causes lengthy arguments, it causes quarrels, and this will be avoided when you focus on the solutions. So for example, he gives an example, if someone is making too much noise, insulting approach would be to say to that person, what's the matter with you? Can't you think of anyone else besides yourself? You're totally inconsiderate. It's a shame your teachers never taught you anything worthwhile. Please close, shut your mouth, and if you can't stop, get out of here. And think about it. If you were making too much noise, wouldn't you prefer to be approached this way? I'm sorry to disturb you, but the noise is a little bit too loud for me, and I'd really appreciate if you could lower lower it. And the question is, when you listen to the, you know, you hear these two different modes, why would you use the first mode if the second one is so easy to use? And people use that first approach of blame, of criticism in different ways. Even by people who are pleasant and kind, they'll sometimes be rough and um, you know, insulting in, you know, when they're upset. Most people do it without even thinking and look back and find ways how you did it that way and mentally plan to shift and to do it now going forward in a positive way. If a person listens to you right away, very good. But if they don't, appeal to his values, her values, idealism. For example, 
I know you're a person who wouldn't want to cause others suffering. But I'm sorry I'm finding these, this noise very painful. If that doesn't work, you try to negotiate in a pleasant way. So whenever you see that concept of ashpa, you watch other people that are that know how to do this beautifully, of positive approaches to influencing others, you learn those skills so you could do it yourself. When you are trying to correct someone else, never say the word always. You're, why do you always forget to bring to me? Why are you always saying the wrong things? Why are you always so bad-mannered? And between husband and wife, that always poison is used. Because what it is, is when you hear the word always, that you're always like this, you find it very distressing because it's usually an exaggeration. It's not always. It never is always. Sometimes it's even rarely. So besides causing pain, it doesn't help motivate. It's easy. The easier you make it seem to correct the fault, the greater chance that the other person will make the effort to correct that fault. So instead of saying the word always in a sentence, you could say, I realize you can forget things, but I'm very thankful that when you remember to bring me the things that I asked for. And instead of, uh, you know, what you're saying is not appropriate, you say, I heard you speak to that older person. It sounded disrespectful. So, you know, I'm going to show you if you could, don't mind, please try to speak to him politely next time, even if it's difficult. But don't use the word always. You're labeling that person. And even if it's not explicit, sometimes the always is in there. For example, if you say to a person, you refuse to do favors for others, that's implying that he always is doing that. Or I noticed on three different occasions that you were not willing to do someone a favor. So that's also implied. The key here is to understand that the word always is actually a cognitive distortion. Uh, for example, in cognitive therapy, all, to say the word always is a sign that you have warped thinking in a negative way. Because you're labeling yourself, I'm always like this, I'm always like that. When in reality it's not true. And therefore, it's so important to avoid that label. Sai benegea yourself and sai benegea to others. And you point out the positive and you influence in a hashpadika way, in a beautiful way, that is more them on their own to want to change because they see they, that you love them and that you respect them. Bracha